ProWrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as I am every single week, by my co-host, Paul. Here I am, and depending on how things go at the blackjack table, I'll be back here next week as well, or, you know, I'll lose everything and be a homeless guy in Las Vegas. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and as you mentioned, it is StarCast and Double or Nothing week, so we'll be super kicking it at StarCast this week, and it's going to be... like this. Yep. Just like our poster that our good friend Eric Hodson made for us. We're actually in the poster, and you might see this poster at StarCast if you're going, so be sure to support our friend Eric, who did our logo, did this poster behind us as well. And apparently he's going to keep us in the window. <laughs> so you might see us in the little window and then Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi with a pizza knocking <laughs> at the door. So that would be kind of neat if we do appear on that artwork again. And I'm really excited about StarCast. We're going to talk about that in the second block. We'll also talk about a stage show that we're going to be a part of um, with other Wrestling Inc. people like Raj and Glenn. Can't wait to see them. I really had fun talking with them about Cobra Kai. And we're all going to be on stage at one point or another at the Tuscany Hotel on Friday at 2.30 Wrestling Inc.'s Hootenanny, it's called. Yep. I don't don't know exactly what we're doing, but I know we're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to be there. (laughs) So please, if you like us, if you like me, come see us. And if you like Kelsey and you like us, make sure you uh, check us out at Two Face Pod or TwoFacePod.com. Yep. And uh, you can find out all the listening platforms for this show. And uh, also your Twitter at SuperKickingIt, where... uh, Usually, you have either or, or Kelsey likes. You had to take the week off as we get prepared for all in, or a double or nothing. How many times am I going to say that <laughs> in the next week? <laughs> yeah, I know all in was such a huge deal. And it was only like almost, you know, not even a year ago, really. No, no. By the time uh, double or nothing happens, it'll it'll be like nine months. It's and crazy we- <laughs> when I said big things were on the horizon before All In. I mean, I said that it was a huge deal, Mm -hmm. and we did the whole Young Bucks special, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about and plug. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, I'd highly recommend it. We did a lot of research. We'll talk more about that in the second block. But first, let's get into the Best of Super Juniors tournament. Yeah, and as of uh, the time we are recording this, we only are through nights five and six. Again, things kind of hectic as we are getting ready to head to uh, Vegas. But uh, an interesting nights five and six uh, I thought the best match on night five was the uh, Shingo Kanemaru match. I thought they did a really good job of selling what Kanemaru did to Shingo's knee and uh, really made it seem like uh, Shingo might actually get his first loss, which obviously would have been a huge deal. Yeah. But of course, Kanemaru was doing all of it by heel tactics, getting Tai Chi involved. I wonder who Shingo will lose against. I mean, do you think he's going to have a perfect score a perfect showing in this tournament it would be interesting to see if Shingo could go undefeated and go to the uh the final and you know I you know Dragon Lee is on his side and so automatically I guess he would get a title shot for beating Dragon Lee right yes so yes. um 
he could lose and still get a a title opportunity down the road but i think it would be interesting to see kind of keep this undefeated thing going a little bit through the tournament and up until he gets a, a title opportunity. A lot of people projected that he could win the whole tournament before it even began. They were they were predicting Shingo, Shingo. So we will have to see how it plays out, but he did not get a, his first loss yet. No. He ended up winning. Yep, and he threw, again, through night five, uh, he and Ishimori, who of course was in the finals last year, uh, were the leaders in that block. I think the surprise there is probably Tiger Mask at four, uh, Skrull at four, Dragon Lee at four. I, I found, I don't know about you, that block is not as interesting to me as the other block. I, I mean, it's been fun to watch Shingo, especially, again, Kanemaru with the near falls, kind of made that interesting. Like, is Shingo going to get his first loss? But to me, the other side of, of the blocks is much more interesting. I think so, too, and... I mean, that's how it always was, and I've heard actually other people say that, too. I mean, this one has some highlights in it. I mean, like you said, Dragon Lee, Skrull, they're kind of highlights. Gresham, although Gresham is only at two, and I'm really surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know why they're not giving him a little more momentum in the tournament. He's such a great technical wrestler. I'd like to see him at at least four right now, but you can't have everyone win, you right. know? And there's still matches left to go, so there's we, still time. And to... we talked about it last week. Show had had the, the best two matches early on. Uh, he finally got a win in the the other night, so he's finally on the board too. But I think it's Shingo's block to win, basically. I think so too. I mean, because I don't think Dragon Lee's going to win the block. I mean, he could, but no. I just don't see it. There'd, he's there, already the champion. Yeah, there no. wouldn't be any need to, right? Uh, let's talk about the other block. Uh, two Bullet Club members went head to head at El Fantasmo and Eagles, and this, these, you know, the two newest guys really in New Japan, or two of the newest. And uh, this was a really funny match. And El Fantasmo is really kind of a, a clever heel. He he's kind of feels like he really fits with Tomatonga, even though we haven't seen them together that much. But they see, seem to have that similar sarcastic personality. Yeah, definitely. And those are two of my favorite guys right now, especially in terms of new guys. Eagles and Fantasmo just... Really charismatic dudes, really heelish, perfect for Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Really cool to see them go against each other from being in the same faction. Yeah, Eagles and Phantasmo, uh, kind of some funny stuff as as they started to get wrestling. Phantasmo uh, cheap shots Eagles a couple times as they go to do handshakes, and then Phantasmo uh, leans in. I'm sorry, I overreacted. Let's wrestle. And then as Eagles turns his back, Phantasmo <laughs> cheap shots him. So great heel work by Phantasmo and two of the. The best re- new wrestlers, obviously, but just, I think, going to be two of the best wrestlers, period. And as as of our taping, Phantasmo and Osprey will have happened. We don't know the result on that yet. We'll I'm tr- so excited to yeah. see that again, because they already faced each other once, not in the tournament, but I can't wait to see it again. Maybe we'll try and catch up on it uh, late night after our, our fun in Vegas, so that'll be our, our nightcap, is trying to catch up on some of the New Japan stuff, yeah. and definitely checking out the Osprey. Uh, Phantasmo match. I think what was a great match from that night was Osprey and Yo. I thought this was a, an outstanding match. Arguably, and if Yo had won, it would have definitely been his biggest singles win uh, ever. But uh, just, I think it was one of Yo's best matches, period. And of course, Osprey always delivers, and he really delivered on the selling again. And you've always loved Osprey's selling. I think his selling is number one out of everybody. I think AJ Styles is close, and I know if you're a long-time listener, you're like, you've already said this a billion times. Well, it doesn't make it any less, you know, true, because it, it's 
it's really great to see Osprey sell. Some people think it's over the top. I think it's just the right amount, and I think it's believable. And I kind of like when he does go over the top a little bit, because there are sections where he'll just just be screaming and screaming. I like that. I don't know. And, and for some reason, to me, it's believable. He's just an, a great high-class seller. Speaking of screaming, it's a... Impressive that you said that because yeah. during that match, Caprice Coleman. Yeah, you wanted to talk about Caprice's commentary. You talked a little bit about last week. In this match in particular, he was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, Caprice last week, I did criticize a little bit, although I said I was one of the biggest proponents of Caprice, which I am. I just didn't think that it was going as smoothly with him, Chris, and Kevin. But when it's just Kevin and Caprice, I feel like the chemistry is there. And this one, they weren't stepping on each other at all. And, uh, yeah, he screamed like bloody murder. It was like, ah! Um, When... Osprey chopped you right in front of him. Yeah, it was right in front of their announce table, and the squeal that he had. It well, how'd was, you do it? You did it in a impersonation. Like, ah! like, yeah, that was better. <laughs> wow, that wasn't very good either. But it's better than mine. Mine was like. Eh! <laughs> That's not how it was. But uh, no, so uh, again, through night six. Uh, on that side, Osprey, Fantasma, and obviously, I think the surprise at six points would be uh, Taguchi. Uh, no real surprises farther down the list. I, I mean. Osprey, Fantasmo, uh, Robbie Eagles are really the guys that you would expect to be towards the top. Taguchi would be the surprise. Yeah, Taguchi. I mean, I always say that he can uh, wrestle really well, and people forget that. So, to me, you know, don't sleep on Taguchi. Uh, two, it's my boy. Two of my favorite moments of nights five and six involved uh, guys who you missed. Uh, back to the Shingo Kanemaru. Uh, Kanemaru went to blow the whiskey into Shingo's face. And he had already introduced a chair into the match, and Shingo holds up the chair to, to block, block the whiskey. Yes. And then in the uh, Bushi Taguchi match, uh, of course, Red Shoes gets knocked out, and Bushi goes to use the mist, and he actually uses the mist, and you think it's going to be the end, but Taguchi ends up getting the ankle lock and gets to six points. So, uh, some good stuff there. And I the, love Taguchi's I know theme you do. song. You do. <laughs> yes. And you love Taguchi just in I general. I do. Funky um, weapon. <laughs> so, uh,. Plenty of good stuff still to go in Best of Super Juniors. Of course, the finals are in the uh, first week of uh, June in three years, I think. This tournament goes so long. I don't know. <laughs> no. It feels real long. First week. But in- it's great. It's great match quality. That's the, the awesome part about these tournaments is, yes, it's a lot to watch, but you get great matches over and over again. Just the insane quality and stamina that these guys have to have to put on these level of matches night after night in these tournaments, it's... It's really impressive when you sit down and think about what they have to do yeah. and all the travel. Even if, you know, it's one block one night and the other block the other night. So, you know, they're not but they're having still singles, tag team matches. but they're still yeah. tag matches, but they're not singles matches. But still, they're doing tag matches. They're traveling. It's a really harsh schedule. They did get a little bit of a break this week uh, after the Saturday, Sunday. They didn't resume again until Wednesday morning. So at least they had a couple days off there. Let's shift gears and go to uh, WWE and uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Which I, none of it was spectacular per se, but I thought there were some good moments in it and uh, actually a couple really good moments, to be honest. And I didn't think any of the matches were not good, but I I wouldn't say any of them really jumped out except for, uh, to me, Styles versus Seth Rollins, which you knew was going to be great. And even Corey Graves at the end of that match said, the fan in me hopes that they do it again, which... (laughs) <laughs> the realist in me knows that WWE is going to bleed that to death, and, and I mean, it is going to happen again. 
but it was great. You timed it, though. It was only like 19 minutes. They right. could have gone much longer. I mean, that could have been a 30-minute match. Easily. With yeah. those guys, just such high-quality performers in the ring. Really wish they would have had a little bit more time. Although the match itself, it felt like... It didn't feel rushed, per se, but like... Like we just alluded to, a little bit longer, five minutes longer, I think, could have added a lot, though. Uh, the show started with the women's money in the bank, and uh, Bailey ends Yay. up winning that. Yay, Bailey. You <laughs> predicted that, and, yeah, and it came true. Yeah, uh, and the only problem with putting the women's, either of the money in the bank matches at the beginning of the show, is it almost feels like it's obvious that there's going to be a cash-in at the end of the show. It happened last year, and again, it happens this year. Uh you know, with Bailey. So I, to me, that that's the only thing is it almost makes it seem obvious that something's going to happen that night if you put the money in the bank at the beginning. I, I really think at that pay-per-view, the two money in the bank matches should be the last two matches. Yeah. Well, but, then you can't cash in. Right. I know. It's a mix. But, like, if they're going to put one early every year, they can't have a cash-in every year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, I don't think they... I hope they aren't planning on having a cash-in every year, but I think the Bailey cash-in, though, was a success. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that was the right move, and oh. I think it gave a lot of excitement to the pay-per-view, because I'm not sure how people in the whole feel about Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank contract. I actually liked it, but we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, in terms of Bailey cashing in, I loved that whole story how that played out mm -hmm. uh and actually rewinding a little bit before bailey cashed in becky and lacey evans lacey evans actually looked a lot better than the last few times i saw her so i think i was more impressed with her i thought she did a decent job holding her own with becky lynch and i loved i think my favorite part of the whole pay-per-view <laughs> charlotte comes down to the ring smiling like the hugest smile ever. Like, she's so expressive. Like, she has this evil smile. She's so happy. She's, like, walking down to the ring like so it's the cocky. greatest. I know. It was it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And because uh, Becky Lynch was about to head to the back. And then Charlotte's like, nope, you're going to face me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. because, yeah, I mean, they, they sold it later that that's not when the match was supposed to happen. That, yeah. That Charlotte match was supposed to be later after Becky had just beaten Lacey on kind of a... You know, the match was pretty good, except for the ending was a little clunky, but or at least odd. But but yeah, Charlotte coming down to that ring, that, it wasn't even just the smile, it was the walk, it was just all of it was so, we both laughed so hard. And then she like sat on the ropes to let Becky in, like, come on, let's go, get in the ring. Like she was saying that and motioning towards Becky, just well done heel work for sure, because it's like a, a cocky heel type of behavior. I loved it. I think those were my favorite parts. Uh, so, and then Lacey comes back, gets involved, and ends up giving Charlotte the win, which I thought was kind of a good move there. And then Charlotte and Lacey start beating up uh, Becky Lynch, and here comes Bailey to the rescue slash cash-in, as you mentioned. And I I thought that was all really done <coughs> well. I mean, I thought I thought everything, everything about the cash-in was good. Yeah. You know, I think it was also good that Bailey didn't cash it in per se on Becky. It was kind of good that it was on Charlotte. So uh, I, I thought it was all good. It really was good. And Charlotte winning the belts again, that was kind of a big deal. I liked that. But again, that happened really fast. And as you mentioned, it didn't happen with a finisher either. Right. Like her normal finishers. Right. Which was odd. But uh, I guess it protected Becky a little that, uh, you know, Bailey was able to cash in on Charlotte instead, even though I think it would have protected Becky 
had she just gone through two matches and then got cashed in on. But uh, it wouldn't be any favorites for Bailey's character. Right. She's supposed to be a face, so having her beat Charlotte is more of a feel-good moment. And uh, the crowd is behind that versus being behind... Uh, you know, they wouldn't have been behind her beating Becky as much, of I, course. I also love Corey Graves' line at the at the end of that match because uh, uh, at the end of the sh- uh, the Bailey cash in on Charlotte, when <laughs> Corey goes, "This is the worst night of officiating in WWE history," because he he basically said Charlotte hadn't gotten to her feet yet, and they rang the bell. And of course, earlier in the night, Samoa Joe lost to uh, Rey Mysterio when Samoa Joe's shoulders clearly weren't on the mat. Yeah. So I, I like the playing up that the officiating was all awful in that too, because there was two or three instances of yeah, it. <laughs> like WrestleMania with that main event. Yeah. The officiating apparently something went wrong with that. Right. And it wasn't supposed to end when it ended. So uh, they might have done this stuff on purpose though. Whereas WrestleMania, I believe, was a true mistake but uh nonetheless i thought there were some good parts yeah i agree uh shane and miz i thought was a decent cage match but and i kind of hoped it was going to be the end of shane in ring for a little while i'm really tired of seeing shane in like big matches but yet we're going to see him again at super showdown going against uh roman reigns well there's a lot of uh old school stars at that showdown show i'm not really sure how to feel about it well i know what i i'm not gonna really watch it i I know how i don't what i don't like about it right off the bat and i wrote the line down and they used it again on smackdown too before we and we'll get back to money in the bank both michael cole and tom phillips used the line that uh super showdown will equal or exceed wrestlemania why are they why promoting would, that? Well, yeah. And why would you destroy the biggest, one of the biggest brands on WWE for, I mean, you know, it's something that, that the agreement that with the Saudis, you know, make it seem like it's the biggest event, you know, like WrestleMania. I, th- I thought as soon as I heard that line and then I heard Tom Phillips say the next night that Super Showdown was going to equal or exceed WrestleMania. Uh, dumb, dumb. But anyway, so Shane going against, uh. Roman Reigns in that uh, after beating Miz after slipping out of his shirt, which may be the first time we've seen Shane shirtless and hopefully the last time. Since he's been back, yeah. yeah. Um, cruiserweight match, I, I just want to say it was kind of disappointing. Because crowd, it was actually a good match between Nice and Davari. They were actually chanting, this is boring, because they haven't developed these guys at all. Uh, any just, sort of personality with these guys. They just don't have a personality. No. And I think the audience sees that, and a lot of people aren't watching 205 Live, like, you know, a lot of the more casual fans. So it's all a big shame because it was a good match, like you said, but no reaction. And that kills a match when you're watching at home, especially. Uh, We already mentioned Rollins and AJ was a great match. Uh, The Kofi and Kevin Owens was a pretty good match. Uh, You know, I I think it would have been a mistake for Kofi to lose the belt right away. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, But you you at least got some feeling that Kevin Owens might win a couple times. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good uh, match altogether. And then the Money in the Bank match to uh, end the show, and you mentioned it earlier, uh, Brock Lesnar cashing in, which was a huge surprise. Uh, You know, I had seen something on Twitter because we didn't see it live uh, mentioning Brock, but didn't give that away per se. I'm like, why are people talking about Brock Lesnar? And it didn't. I forgot I read it, and it didn't even dawn on me that he could be a part of the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, I really loved actually his involvement because he was way more expressive than he's been since you know he's been around recently. I really thought that he looked like he was into the storyline. I loved his like. Uh, 
kind of like scowl and uh he was like <laughs> smiling almost like an evil smile laugh when he was on top of the mm-hmm. ladder that was so awesome i really loved it to be honest he actually took out like uh backstage people when he tossed the ladder aside <laughs> oh, he yeah. saw it hit these guys in black so basically right like, like the, helpers right yeah. the crew yeah yeah the crew yes it was really funny and he just like runs down to the ring doesn't care who he hurts i was kind of surprised when the money in the bank match started i think there was only like 16 17 minutes left in the show and i'm like boy this isn't a lot of time but boy they packed a lot into that money in the bank they did i mean there was a lot of crazy spots the andrade superplex off the ladder onto another ladder i mean <laughs> finn bounced so flipping high <laughs> when he was like was that a power bomb i can't yep. even remember what that yep. was into the ladder he bounced like God, how many feet was it? It felt like like two feet. Yeah, well, it was. Remember, it was a superplex, and I thought Andrade had hurt himself too. Yeah, and then like you said, Ballard, like it was like you hit it on a mattress, not a ladder. I know <laughs> it was really, really scary looking, honestly. And Ali did that Spanish fly off the ladder, Corbin choke slamming Ali through the table. Uh, just a lot of uh, crazy spots, and I did love Michael Cole's line in the middle of the Money in the Bank match. He's like. Uh, what is wrong with these guys? Yeah. I thought that was a great line. Ali actually look, looked like he was busted open at the end of the mm-hmm. match when they were all laying outside. Mm-hmm. Ricochet had some cool parts, too. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see him in the match, because that's a big match for Ricochet to be in. But he uh, has been getting kind of like a push ever since he got up on the main roster. It's no surprise to anyone. I mean, he's a wonderful performer. And this isn't the last time we'll be talking about Ricochet. We'll actually talk about him in a PWG Rewind which is kind of like AEW Double or Nothing themed. We'll do that in the second segment of our show. Let's carry it into Raw and uh, more of uh, Lesnar kind of being goofy and, and gift-worthy with oh the, my God. The, the, the briefcase like a boombox. So many people putting other songs to like him bobbing his head with the Money in the Bank briefcase. It's so hilarious. Why did he keep doing it? <laughs> Just when I thought, okay, that was the last little head nod he's going to do. No, he did it again and again. And I was like, whatever. Uh, Paul Heyman cut a great promo. He did. That's nothing different. So that was kind of neat. Will this be something different for Brock? Is this a good direction for the Money in the Bank contract? Was it the right person? I actually, like I said, I liked him actually winning it. I liked the sequence and him coming down. But if we talk about him having it and what that means going forward, I actually think it works. I'm kind of kind of quote you, actually. You said that it's almost better to have him as the contract holder versus the champion because you never know when he's going to show up. That means he doesn't have to be at every show. It it won't be weird if the money in the bank contract holder is not around. Or you just don't know if he is around or not. You could just tease that whole thing. Is Brock Lesnar hiding somewhere? So you don't call attention that your champion's not there. Now, what is worrisome is when he does cash in, does that mean an automatic win? Right. Because of how he's been booked. That's the only thing I don't like. But him having the contract and, like, the whole will he or won't he cash in, he's a a looming threat at all times. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's so much better than him having the belt and the championship belt not being on shows. It's okay if the Money in the Bank contract isn't on a show for two months. Who cares? And it still can be referenced. Right. Like, you think it could be there. Right. You know? Yeah, because they can even tease 
his music hitting at times and he not even be there. I mean, right. You know, you can, you can do much, much like the illusion that Jaws was in the movie Jaws a lot more than he was. You can make it seem like Brock Lesnar's around a lot more than he actually is. That's a great comparison. <laughs> and it's all about suspense, much like the movie Jaws. It's all about like, oh, like what's going to happen? Is he going to pop out? Is right. he going to be here? Is he going to run out? Is he going to cash in? It's just like that. And that works. That's kind of like a, a solid thing in movies is suspense. It, it always works. It's more than seeing the actual thing a lot of times. That's why any other shark movie where you see the shark has not worked since Jaws. And Jaws is way older than these other movies like Deep Blue Sea. And right. I could name a thousand others right. that are not as effective. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, what they are trying to do, kind of changing gears, but in the same motif, they're trying to build suspense with this new 24-7 title. I like the premise of the title. I like that it can be defended on 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, Raw, SmackDown. I love I, the premise. Yeah, I love that. I think that's cool that the champion... But it already seems ridiculous with the, the Benny Hill-like routine of one guy running and everybody chasing him. That it's It reminded me of watching Benny Hill, which yeah. I don't even know if you know what Benny Hill know. is. Okay. No. Showing my age, showing her age, but what is uh, Benny Hill? Classic British comedy, but a lot of times there's, uh, I'll I'll play you the music too and okay. show you a bit. Uh, I like Monty but, Python. That's British but, comedy. But that's the way this kind of feels already with you know our truth running through the building and Carmela dressing him up in disguise. They're they're making it stupid already. When, yeah. When, when the actual premise of the belt could be very cool and that it's defended on every show. Doesn't mean the title's got to be literally on the line every second of the day. <laughs> I just think that, uh, you know, it comes with the territory when you're talking about our truth Well, yeah. You know, I mean, he has a silly gimmick, so they're... I don't know if he's the best first champion if you're going to make well, it. Well, technically, I guess he was the third champion because it changed hands like three times well, during that show. Well, the guy who ends up having <laughs> right. it right now. I just don't know if he's the guy to, like, end up with it for all, the longest amount of time. Just because it's going to end up being a little silly right away because of him. It's the nature of him. I know he deserves to have a belt because people say, oh, he's done so much for the company. Right. He always delivers. Well, he's had two belts in a year now. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I just think he's kind of silly. I don't know. I'd like to see someone else take it and like actually be serious about it. And it could be a cool thing. Like, like I know they kind of did a similar thing with the hardcore title back in the day where like you had to defend it at weird times, right. you know, but it just felt more serious. Sometimes right. it was funny. Right. Sometimes it was funny. Right. But uh, on the whole, it was kind of cool and serious, and you didn't know when it was going to show up like a defense of the title right. kind of thing or a challenge. So this has that feel, and it was kind of fun because Mick Foley did introduce it, has that hardcore tie-in in a way. I didn't like the design of the belt. A lot of people are complaining about yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of cheesy looking. I... None of the belts today in wwe are are very nice looking it's just all very generic <laughs> very cookie cutter very uh medical sterile i don't know i don't like it well you talk about r-truth not being serious uh one guy that is serious is lars sullivan i really like the way they're handling lars sullivan uh just having him run through lesser guys and keep doing that for months you you can you can do that for a while where he he's you know beating up lesser guys and, and just kind of build up this this character of invincibility. And I loved Corey Graves' line. He's cementing his legacy as a walking slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That's good. Uh, that was a good line. Uh, quickly on SmackDown, uh, I thought the Andrade-Ali match, as you would imagine, was probably maybe the best match on WWE TV th this week. Really good. And I got to tell a story. I go to, again, I was a little behind on SmackDown. I think I watched it later that night. And just randomly, I was like, man, 
whatever happened to Dolph Ziggler? I guess because Big E came out. And, and I was like, there. I was like, what happened to Dolph Ziggler? Like, he hasn't been on TV. And literally the next segment on SmackDown was when he attacks Did you Kofi. really think no, that? No, I swear to God. I, I'm like, oh, my God, how weird is that? That is weird. Yeah, like randomly, I just looked up about Dolph Ziggler. And then like the next segment, he was attacking Kofi. It's so weird. <laughs> I can't believe you actually thought that. I, I know. I, Did he really? Yeah, no, I totally. No, agree. I believe him. It was uh, very, very bizarre that. Uh, that, that happened. <laughs> for... That's funny. Like, uh, people wouldn't believe, but in the movie, you know, Zombieland, there's a gate that says, like, BM on it. And I was like, wouldn't that be cool if it stood for Bill Murray? And it did. <laughs> but knowing that it did stand for Bill Murray and he made a cameo, it's easy to say that now and people right. wouldn't believe me. Right. But I swear <laughs> that I was like, wouldn't that be cool? Because he's like my favorite actor. So it's the same thing. I believe you. Because yeah. nobody would believe me, but I swear it's no, true. It was, I mean, it was bizarre. Like, I'm like, of all the days for me to just look up what what what's up with Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> and then for that to happen on yeah, SmackDown, it's pretty funny, it, it actually. was pretty weird. Yeah. So, uh, but I believe you. <laughs> so that's uh, New Japan. That's WWE. Now our next segment, we're going to talk all AEW and the huge weekend that is coming up in Las Vegas. Can't wait to get out to Sin City. And I was looking at the weather; it's actually going to be nice. It's I, I was dreading that we would already be in the oven-like conditions. Yeah, that, but they that say it's, it's dry here. Oh, well, trust what? me. I've been I've been in Las Vegas. I covered the old Arena Football Championship game in Las Vegas in, in late June, I think it was. It it is literally like you're standing in an oven. It's like 105 degrees. It's 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 not any better than than the heat and humidity. I like the heat oh, well, here. We don't I, I said not any better than the heat and humidity here, but to me hot is hot. Yeah, I like the heat sometimes, <laughs> yeah, well, so whatever. So. Well, it won't be, it'll be warm during the days, but at night, you know, it'll be nice. So uh, anyways, <laughs> we're not going to spend much time outside anyways, between all the uh, the panels and the wrestling. And of course, I will be spending some time at the blackjack table and the sports. I got to brush up on my blackjack. <laughs> you gave me a book. I got to brush up. I used to know how to play. There may be a couple panels while you, that you'll be alone and I'll be at the blackjack table. Well, I want to be there too <laughs> at one point. I want to see a few games. We'll see. <laughs> all right. So uh, when we come back, we are going to talk all AEW and Double or Nothing and StarCast plus our PWG Rewind. St. Arnold Brewing Company, located in Houston, is Texas' oldest craft brewery. Their goal is to brew world-class beers and deliver them to their customers as fresh as possible, making them the best beers in Texas and Louisiana. Their customers are beer lovers, people that appreciate great full-flavored beers. So whether you're enjoying an art car IPA or a smooth-drinking lawnmower, look for St. Arnold beers throughout Louisiana and Texas. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character, and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. So we finally get to talk about AEW Wrestling. I've alluded to the tweet uh, that people have said, I'm really excited about AEW, but I'm tired of hearing about AEW. Well, now there's actually an event 
on the horizon that we get to talk about double or nothing and uh should be a fun fun uh, evening of wrestling and a fun weekend of wrestling related stuff yeah i can't wait i can't wait to see some friends and make new friends hopefully i know that uh mark blutman's gonna be there Liam O'Rourke, who's the author of one of my favorite books. We'll talk about that in a second because he's going to be in a panel I really want to see. Uh, he wrote the book Crazy Like a Fox, which, of course, is the biography of Brian Pillman. Great biography. And also, Pillman's one of my favorite wrestlers. Of course, he's not here anymore, but I think his son's going to be a part of the panel as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, I can't wait for that. Uh, I guess before we get into everything, I guess we should mention that we uh, arrive on Friday and we're going to hit the ground running, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, we're going straight to the Tuscany because on the podcast movement stage, we are going to be a part of Wrestling Inc.'s Hootenanny. Of course, Raj and Glenn will be there from Wrestling Inc. We will also be there, and it's at 2.30 to 3.30, and we will be a part of it. We'll be talking, I guess, about journalism and <laughs> our podcast. I'm not really sure exactly the topics, but there'll be Q&As, there'll be... A lot of fun interaction with the audience. Please come see us, especially, like, you know, if you love our show, please, please. If you're going to be there, try to try to show up and support us. Hopefully. We don't want, like, we don't want, like empty sound when we walk up on stage. I don't want to walk up and everyone be like, oh. Well, let's just, let's, first things first, let's hope our flight gets there on time. Yeah. Uh, we would get there earlier, but we're seeing Paul McCartney on Thursday night, so... Uh, I wasn't sacrificing $300 tickets. No, because we'd already <laughs> bought them before we even knew about StarCast or Double or Nothing. Or AEW. At yeah, that point, yeah. AEW wasn't even a thing. When, yep. <laughs> so, uh, but speaking of AEW, Double or Nothing, Saturday night in Las Vegas. It starts with the pre-show. Sammy Guevara is on that. Of course, we've done a PWG Rewind on him, and we're going to do a PWG Rewind later in this segment. And then I like the touch of the 21, of course, because of Vegas Man Casino Battle Royale, where uh, your man, the Perfect 10, reappears as a new name. But uh, there was a good promo kind of showing that he would be a part of this. Great little video package teaser with a really uh, neat flipped casino coin talking about the Battle Royal. Also, there was a card dealer. Dealing out cards, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger, picks up the card. Actually shows it to the camera, which you're not really supposed to do. But <laughs> I think it was a 10 of diamonds, if I recall the 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 card correctly. I, so. I know it was a 10, but I just don't... I think it was a diamond, though. So that was really neat. Uh, he's obviously going to be involved. I like that a lot. You know, who else will we see there? Yeah. Not just in the Battle Royal, but just in general walking around, you know. Yeah, and there's there's going to be some surprises, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody's talking about John Moxley, you know, whether he'll be a part of it. Uh, should be really interesting. Uh, on the main card, of course, there was news uh, released recently that uh, Pac not going to be a part of this uh, going against Hangman Page, so there's going to be a replacement for Hangman Page's... Or, a replacement opponent for Hangman Page. Right. And, you know, our friend at Psycho Nigiri, he asked me, who do you think should replace Pac against Hangman Page? And I was like, I just don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh... I think maybe Tamatonga. I mean, that's, like, not going to happen, but I, it's, like, my wish because... Well, you even tweeted about it. He did tweet about it. He's like, hey, if Hangman needs an opponent, you know, Bullet Club, there's some beef there, so let's solve it. I'll face him. <laughs> I think that'd be really neat. I love how he tweeted about it and it, teased it. Yeah, he's so funny, he, and he's so good. I, I, You know, people are speculating that John Moxley could appear here as uh, Hangman Page's opponent. I, I don't know if that's likely the case, but regardless, Hangman Page, going to be a part of it, but unfortunately, 
the match that they were kind of building up for uh, with him and Pac, including, you remember, th that's how the whole fitness thing got off the ground was Hangman Page fitting into his gear for this match. Yeah, full gear challenge. And he actually <laughs> tweeted about the full gear challenge and said he was actually going to auction off his gear and um, it would be to benefit eating disorders, like a, a corporation, a, an institution that helps people who have eating disorders. I thought that was really cool of him. Yeah, that is really cool. He uh, he will be a part of it, just maybe not, to, well, obviously not in the role that we thought he was going to be in, but he'll uh, definitely be in it. Of course, Cody versus Dustin, that's kind of getting the build. Uh, you know, I know they're playing up the... Uh, Attitude Era versus the New Era kind of thing with Cody and Dustin. I liked Cody's initial promo hyping yeah. the match a lot. So I, I'm actually looking forward to that match. I, I don't know the wrestling quality, how high it's going to be, but I've liked what Goldust did the last few times he was in the ring. So now he's shed his Goldust appearance. He's wrestling as Dustin. How will that change his style of wrestling? I think it might affect it a little bit, but in a good way. I think it'll be a more realistic style. And uh, I think it'll be really interesting because of the story more so. And I feel like that's how, if you look back at All In, that's how Aldous Cody was. I had some problems with the match, including the blading. Right. The insanely obvious blading where Cody he was like underneath a table or underneath somewhere i think it might for a really long time for an insanely <laughs> long time but the emotion in the aldous cody match was what was there that was what was present and it worked i mean when you saw them meet up in the middle of the ring there was just an electricity i feel like the same thing's gonna happen with dustin and cody so i'm really looking forward to the emotion and the storytelling of that match i will say you know I, this may not be the most popular opinion I'm not nearly as excited about this as I was for All In, mainly because there's, and I'm excited to get introduced to some new people, but All In, it was all like almost dream matches, and it kind of, whereas there's kind of an unknown with people we don't know in some of these matches, so I, I, I know it's going to be awesome. I'm just not as excited as I was for All In, just because of the secondary stuff, but to me... With the two main matches, that's going to more than make up for, oh, yeah. for any... And look... Especially so, Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. Yeah. And look, some of these matches where I don't know these people doesn't mean they're not going to be great matches. Yeah. They are going to be great matches. It's just I don't know them, so I don't know what we're going to see. And so part of that's exciting, too, but that's also like going to to a house show or whatever in your local town and there's wrestlers you don't know. Yeah. That's kind of going to be the experience on some of this. Honestly, All In was something really special to right. me. I mean, this is special too because it's the launch of something new. There's a lot of uh, heart behind it and I've supported the Bucks for a very, very long time. And it's really cool to see them achieve this dream of starting another promotion on their own and with Cody too. I just think All In was so special, though, and it had Ring of Honor guys in it, and mm -hmm. I really love Ring of Honor. To see Ring of Honor not be a part of this, it, it kind of hurts a little, uh, just because there's so many great people there, and that was one of the highlights of All In, like Jay Lethal being, you know, Black Machismo. That was something special. You know, right. they couldn't do that on Ring of Honor, but they did it at All In. Stuff like that, that was really kind of special. Yeah, and well, speaking of All In, we were part of that star cast, and you mentioned the Young Bucks, so you might as well hype the discussion yeah. we had, you know, back then, before we knew there was going to be an AEW. 
The, the funny thing is, in our special, our Young Bucks special, which was released on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube, and you could still find it there, also on Wrestling Inc.'s all of their audio platforms, it's the August 31st edition of Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. So just go back in the videos on YouTube or on the audio platforms and go back to August 31st of last year, and you will see our Young Bucks special. I'm really proud of it. It took weeks of research because we went back and rewatched a ton of Young Bucks matches. I think it was over 20. We didn't talk about over, I think we talked about at least 10 uh, in the special. We also interviewed Ring of Honor wrestlers. So we have lots of sound bites of like Jay Lethal, Ian Riccoboni. We have uh, Marty Skrull talking about why the- Hangman Page. Hangman Page. Talking about why the Young Bucks are important. Mm -hmm. We even talked about why I thought All In was a launching point for something more. That it could be really big things in the wrestling world. And now we're seeing that come true less than a year later. It's crazy that we like kind of were predicting that. Yeah, Dana Massey in there as well. Yeah, Dana, we had an interview with her about how she said that the Bucks' parents always said that they were supposed to bring light to the wrestling world and they were supposed to be something special for wrestling as a whole. And she got emotional about it. She teared up and you could hear it in her voice. She got choked up. So I'm so proud of that episode. We talked about their PWG matches, their TNA matches, their Ring of Honor matches, their New Japan matches. We talked about so many old school Bucks matches. We talked about our personal favorite Bucks matches and their influence in merch sales and like just the merch industry for wrestling and uh their influence in wrestling as a whole and we talked about being the elite why that was so important their Mm -hmm. youtube show so please check it out because it didn't really you know we didn't have such a big audience back then we had a decent audience but i think our audience has grown even more if you haven't heard it it's still relevant even though it was done nine months ago yep we did right on our seats on podcast row you could see the merch the bucks merch table behind us Mm -hmm. it says starcast you could see brandon cutler behind us and we talked about brandon brandon cutler and the cutler brothers because they had an amazing match against the young bucks and el generico and paul london which is one of my favorite young bucks matches in pwg we talked about that match as you could see him packing up boxes behind (laughs) us and of course he's a big part of AEW. He just got offered a contract. Very emotional part on being the elite. So uh, it's kind of cool that Brandon Cutler, we talked about him before anybody was talking about I him. I assume he'll be in the Battle Royal. So make sure you check out that uh, previous special we did back at All In. But uh, let's continue our, our look at Double or Nothing. And uh, let's go to the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Uh, and we're going to talk about them a lot more in a moment in PWG Rewind. But this, to me, is going to be the match of the show, and I, I'm not exactly going out on a limb on that. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm hands down, that's the match I'm most excited for. We've already seen three matches between the two of them in PWG alone, and I love them, and we'll go into them in detail because they're wonderful, and I'm expecting a lot of callbacks to these matches in PWG, especially, uh, we'll talk about this in depth, but a super kick sequence between the two teams, where one of them's on kneeling on the ground, and the other super kicks them to death, basically. I'm sure we'll see a little tease sequence of that. Yeah, I hope there's not a callback to another part of it, but (laughs) we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Look, we've seen a lot of the Lucha Brothers. We've been fortunate enough to see them in person. We saw them go against each other at WrestleCon, which was awesome. Look, Phoenix and Pentagon may be two of my favorites right now, and so... I'm, we may be on opposite sides. I'll be I'll be rooting for the Lucha Brothers, I think, and you'll be rooting for the Young Bucks. I guess I'll be rooting for the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're one of my favorites, so yeah. I, I assume I'll be rooting for them. But it'll be hard because I do love the Lucha Brothers too. It'll be difficult. I think I'll be on the opposite side. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, part two. 
Yeah, I mean, I really wish we had time to rewatch part one, because I haven't watched it in a while. I would love to kind of see that, because they might do some callbacks, too. Who mm-hmm. knows? I would love to see that, and is it going to be as brutal as their first meetup? Could be. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited about that, too. But I gotta say, between the two, I think I'm more excited for Young Bucks Lucha Brothers. It's kind of funny that we we really haven't seen... I mean, I know the Young Bucks have appeared on some things, but it's just kind of funny. It feels like forever since we've seen Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, but in particular, Kenny Omega. Well, in particular, for me, the Young Bucks, I mean, there's not been this many months where I haven't seen, like, an extended, important Young Bucks match. They made some appearances here and there at different promotions, which I did watch either on YouTube or went back and rented the show, but this is going to be their first extended match in a long, long time. So it's been a... forever. Even with Kenny Omega, too, it's like he hasn't been in New Japan in so long and we haven't seen him do anything after having so many classics in a row it's crazy how long it's been well it's going to be interesting it's it's much like uh people are talking about and you knew i'd find a way to to work the boston bruins into into the podcast (laughs) people are talking about how the the bruins may have rust because they haven't played so long will there be a little ring rust for a kenny omega i mean obviously you know he's one of the best in the world but to not be in a top-level match for so long, I wonder if it'll start slow. You know what I mean? I think it will maybe start slow, like testing each other out versus starting really fast and furious. But uh, who knows? Only time can tell. I think he's obviously going to be ready. Maybe he'll be even more ready because he had a lot of time to prepare and to get ready. Yeah, and obviously he's had time to uh, let his body heal for a little while after some of the uh, great matches he's had in New Japan. And his mind. Lots of video games. (laughs) So, yeah. He's ready. He's ready. Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't have, like, carpal tunnel from playing too many video games. That is true. (laughs) All right, so... In anticipation of Double or Nothing, uh, we've got some matches we're going to look back at involving the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers and Rick Knox, ironically enough, who was recently signed by AEW to be an official. So it's time for the PWG Rewind. Back in my day, video stores told you to be kind, rewind. Well, we're taking their advice. We're kind, and we're rewinding by taking a look back at PWG through the years. It's time for PWG Rewind. Okay, and this is my favorite flipping segment. I really love this segment because a lot of people don't know, PWG is where dream matches happen for the first time. So, in reference to that, Lucha Brothers and Bucks already have happened, not just once, not twice, but three times. Uh, Two times... The teams met one-on-one, and then th- the third time, which was really the second in the series of three, this so the second se- part of the series, that was actually a triple tag team match. Mm-hmm. And the third team was Ricochet and Matt Seidel. So we're going to talk about that in a second, but first, let's talk about one of my favorite refs ever. <laughs> Rick Knox. Why is he a favorite? Because he's always been a part of PWG. He has a lot of great PWG moments, especially interacting with the Young Bucks. And uh, to that, we have a match where he's involved against the Young Bucks. The Bucks are teaming with Brian Cage, going against El Generico, Rick Knox, and Kevin Steen, also known as Kevin Owens. Now, of course, uh, kind of a random matchup on both sides. I mean, Cage being with Young Bucks is also random, but Knox being involved on the opposite side, very 
very unusual, but it works, trust me. So let's go down to this match. I'm gonna read my notes because we took extensive notes and it's a great match. There's a part of the match that's iconic and I'll talk about what that part is when we get to it. So this is from 2012 Battle of Los Angeles. It took place in September on the 2nd, again, of 2012. The crowd is already chanting Knox at the beginning of the match, and Rick Knox shoves Nick Jackson, uh, already animosity at the beginning of the match. So the crowd also starts chanting, kill Knox, kill, kill Knox, kill, instead of kill Steen, kill. It's right. awesome. So it's important to note that Kevin Steen is not out in the beginning of the match. It's almost like a 2-1-3 match at the beginning. Which I kind of commented about. I'm like, isn't Kevin Steen in this match? <laughs> yes, and, and he does eventually come in, which we'll get to, but for a very long time, he's not involved at all. He's not even out in the right, outside of the ring right. or anything. So there's big elbow... There's big elbows by Knox to open up the match. There's an awesome drop kick as well by Knox to Matt Jackson. I mean, Knox looks really good. Well, for- that, and that's a key part of it is, you know, we've seen referees involved in matches before, um, you know, back in the 80s, the Danny Davis, I believe his name was in WWE. But Rick Knox can actually wrestle. I mean, he was pretty good. He, he is pretty good. And so not only is Kevin Steen not out for most of this part of the match, he's not even around. Brian Cage is on the outside, but he's not tagged in for the majority of the beginning of the match either. So really, uh, it's focused on Knox and the Bucks, and also El Generico in the Bucks. That's a lot of the highlight of the beginning of the match. So, uh, we've got a lot of back and forths. It, Bucks and Cage are focusing mainly on El Generico mm-hmm. for quite a while, and you think that eventually Knox is going to get the hot tag and come in, be the fresh guy, and save the day and go against the Bucks. But this is where Steen finally appears, and he tags Generico for the hot tag. He comes in and DDTs the Bucks. Uh, awesome stuff ensues. Of course, uh, Steen and Generico, they're either working together or working against each other. So you see a little tease of the tension between El Generico and Kevin Steen. Of course, we've been referencing El Generico. That is Sami Zayn, if you guys didn't know. (laughs) Most people do. Yes. So so they are kind of arguing in the middle of the ring, who's going to dive over the top of the rope? Who's going to run the ropes and then dive over? So they're pushing, shoving each other. Rick Knox comes in and separates them and is like... And this is the iconic part. They all run the ropes, and then they dive over the ropes mm-hmm. to the outside. And this is like an iconic PWG image. The three of them, including Knox, diving over onto Bucks and Cage. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Flippin' awesome. It was. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch it. For that one spot alone, I think it's really powerful. Another powerful, literal powerful move, Brian Cage oh deadlifts Kevin Steen from the outside to the inside. It's insane. And then Kevin Owen kicks out. It's just the and, power of Brian Cage. And, and he's so much smaller. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, he's not the Brian Cage that we see right now. I mean, he is not nearly as bulked up, uh, but still just as powerful. I mean, this was such an impressive move because Kevin Owens is lighter than he is now, but he still wasn't, I mean, he wasn't a cruiserweight at this point no, either. No, no. So, so it really was a cool, impressive moment. 
And again, Generico's the one tagged in, being worked over. Finally, Generico tags in Rick Knox, but Knox gets immediately super kicked by the Young Bucks, and Matt Jackson says, you're dead, Rick! <laughs> uh, I love the you're dead stuff. <laughs> and this, you know, they could still say suck it, and they could still do the things that later they couldn't do anymore. Right. So I like little touches like that. Rick Knox chops and lays in really big forearms to Matt Jackson. Then Knox is the one who super kicks Matt after blocking a super kick from Nick. So I like that he turns the tables on them and he's the one super kicking the Bucks who are known for obviously doing super kicks. Then Knox has a double lariat to both the Young Bucks. Steen uh, has both the Bucks on his shoulders. Knox Knox DDT Matt off of the top rope. Mm Mm-hmm you know, off of Kevin Owens' shoulders, right, right. Kevin Steen's shoulders. It's great. Just awesome interactions between Steen, Generico, and Knox working on the same team. They worked really well together. And then finally, to end the match, Knox splashes onto Matt for the pin, and the match ends actually with not tension between the Bucks and Rick Knox, but tension between two of the same team members with Kevin Steen and El Generico almost looking like they should hug. People are like, hug, hug, make up, and they don't. They flip each other off <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the ring because they are their rivals Yep, and throughout uh, their history. Obviously, they've uh, had a long uh, rivalry before and after that, and I'm sure... Even down the road in WWE, they're going to have another one at some point. They're one of the greatest, you know, duos ever to go together or against each other in wrestling. One of the classic feuds ever. Any match between the two of them. But now let's shift gears. Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. And we looked at three matches in PWG over the course of a couple of years. Um, and these were really three great matches. But I, I And we're going to talk about those. But I, I, I'm hopeful that this one at... Double or Nothing is going to be the best of their meetings. I'm just hoping that they have enough time mm-hmm. to execute a really long match. Because if you remember back at All In, the Bucks got shortchanged, but that was when they were the main event. Right. So since they're not probably going on last, I'm guessing it's going to be Omega Jericho last. Mm-hmm. They might actually have more time, which I'm hopeful for. And that would be great because they need time to be able to live up to these previous PWG matches. One of the great things about PWG is that the matches are very lengthy. Mm -hmm. They have time to breathe. There's nobody rushing them. So if it could have the time, I feel like it can exceed these matches, but it needs the time to do that. So let's see. But let's get right into it. The first match between the Bucks and Phoenix and Pentagon. It happened in 2016 at the Battle of Los Angeles, the final stage, and it's great. And of course, I really like the beginning. Before the match even gets started, Nick takes the microphone and introduces him and Matt as the best tag team on planet Earth. And he goes, the Young Bucks! He does this really high-pitched introduction of their name. Which is obviously a great lead-in to Double or Nothing because there's been so much talk about who's the best tag team in the world between them and the Lucha Brothers. When they crashed that promotion and invited the Lucha Brothers to come and wrestle against them, the Young Bucks were saying that they were the best tag team on Earth. Then the Lucha Brothers were like, no, 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 we're the best. So the whole premise of their match at Double or Nothing is who is the best tag team on, you know, on planet Earth. Well, remember at WrestleCon, even the Lucha Brothers threw out a little barb at the Young Bucks saying, you know, the second best tag team's not here, so we're going to go against each other, remember? So, yeah. So they've... But it's interesting that the seeds of this were planted even three, three and a half years ago. 2016. Yeah. It's crazy. I love it. And they're bringing that whole idea into this now, and it's so well done. And that's why I think we're going to see instances and sequences from these matches in the actual Double or Nothing match. So here we go. Uh, 
Like I said, Nick has that high-pitched squeal about the Young Bucks. There's opposing chants in the crowd. Some people want Phoenix and Pentagon, the Lucha Brothers, to win. Uh, then there's a... Uh, this is back when, like I said, the Young Bucks could say, suck it. Right. Phoenix and Pentagon were actually wearing weird outfits. You had a comment about well, that. Well, yeah. To see them in matching outfits was kind of surprising because now Phoenix kind of has his own look and Pentagon obviously has his own look. And so uh, it, it was funny because... I don't think Pentagon was as big as he is now either. So at, no. t- at times it was kind of, they almost looked alike. They did look alike. <laughs> and, you know, Pentagon wasn't wearing his like padded right. vest thing, whatever right. that is. And he wasn't wearing his like uh, creepy makeup and, right. or anything. So it was very odd looking at them like that. And, of course, we've seen old Lucha Brothers matches. Right. We just haven't seen an old one in a while. So I, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is like very confusing. Totally distracting right. for a little bit one of my favorite parts but you didn't like it matt cartwheeling and flipping over and over again in the ring just to go to the outside to rake the lucha brothers and this is like classic old school bucks if you look at a lot of older bucks matches they don't do it as much anymore the back rake over yeah. and over again they'll do some crazy moves and then they'll just end up doing a back rake which is fine classic bucks uh, that's <laughs> Trust in me, my that, opinion that's far from my biggest beef so lots of package pile drivers onto the aprons they did this in multiple uh, parts of their matches together in this sequence that we're about to talk about. It happened here. Pentagon package draw, package pile driver Nick onto the apron. Then a double stunner by Phoenix onto the Bucks. That was awesome. Uh, Pentagon has Matt on his shoulders and package pile drivers Nick. Then Phoenix 450s onto Matt Jackson. Matt kicks out. Nick flips to the outside over the top rope. Meltzer driver on the outside of the floor. And of course, that's when we get the classic. Excalibur, Un- yeah. go ahead. Unbelievable. And I think we'll probably be hearing that if we rewatch Double or Nothing later. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll hear some unbelievables, yeah. especially so, during Bucks and, yeah, and Lucha Brothers. Exactly. I can't wait for that because, <laughs> again, I love Excalibur. Another part of PWG that has gone into AEW, who has become a part of AEW now. Awesome to but, see that. But that was a real, I mean, to me, that was one of the best moves of that match because Nick flips over the top rope and does the Melter Driver onto the floor. Uh, it was really, really cool. It was probably, to me, the signature, maybe signature moment of that match. But, you know, it didn't end there, even though there, that was like an extreme move right. to the outside. There's another melter driver, but this time into the inside of the ring, and uh, Pentagon kicks out. Mm-hmm. So it's not over there either. Lots more offense but really, I think the part that sticks out the most is uh, this super kick sequence between the two of them. So, double super kicks to the Lucha Brothers, but the Lucha Brothers end up spitting in the Young Bucks' faces. Mm-hmm. And they're they're kneeling down, you know, on the mat while the Young Bucks are standing kind of like over them or right next to them. And that's when the Young Bucks barrage them mm-hmm. with a ton of super kicks. And then they end up pinning them after this whole barrage of super kicks for the win to retain their titles because at this time the young bucks were the pwg tag team title champions uh so that they're the tag team holders yep it was a good sequence i, I was just glad that kevin kelly wasn't on the call because i would have been like with a the super kick super kick super kick <laughs> i would have been like oh my god but yeah it was a great i loved sequence. it and excalibur said death by super kick yeah i love that That i liked yeah and we will see this sequence called back to in the next two matches uh and then nick ends the match and nick jackson says this is what we do and he says that a lot but uh i love that classic nick kind of quote that he says right there at the end 
So now that's all good and, and well. They don't meet up again in the singles for another year. Mm-hmm. But a few months later, like I said, there's a triple tag team match. And that's between some really awesome guys. Again, it's Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks versus Ricochet and Matt Seidel. And this is at Nice Boys Don't Play Rock and Roll, March 2017. And uh, Rick Knox is the ref. Yes. So another Rick Knox appearance there. And uh, I like the beginning because Nick actually super kicks a streamer back into the yeah, crowd. That's funny. There was a couple of funny streamer moments in the beginning of that match. Then, uh, you know, this is Tornado Rules, Sudden Death, Lucha Libre, Hurricane Rana. There's an arm toss combo, six person drop kick, which you don't like <laughs> after tons of missed uh, offense because people kept rolling out of the offense. So, like, Ricochet would do a shooting star, somebody would roll out, stuff like that. People kept rolling out of each other's offenses. But uh, I thought it was really awesome. I actually. did like the, the Lucha Brothers uh, saying "suck it" and the Young Bucks doing the Sierra Mero. So they they reversed each other's right, scenes. Right, basically. that was kind of funny. But then for me, this got off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah, I know you didn't like it. The Young Bucks <laughs> put on Lucha Brothers masks, and then Lucha Brothers put on Young Bucks jackets, and they did the you know the pose with the flexing. Even then, I'm I'm still okay at this point. <laughs> yes, and then Ra- Ricochet and Seidel go, and they find Young Bucks jackets, and they put on Lucha Brothers masks. So they get in on the kind of homage to each other kind of thing, and mocking each other. Then there's Flips Galore, uh, Risky Business onto Nick by Seidel and Ricochet. Seidel leaps up from floor. Oh, this was so good. I remember this. So, uh, Nick... I mean, not Nick. Seidel leaps up from the floor. He snap Rana's oh Phoenix. God. And the in the height that Seidel gets from the floor to basically Phoenix was on either the second or the top rope. And he grabs him with his legs. And then it's just, it's <laughs> incredible. I can't even describe yeah. it good enough. Like, you loved that spot. It was incredible. And, you know, I, I'm kind of speaking out of turn because this is not the match where things got off the rails for me. But there was a little hints of that uh, in this match. But... Yeah, the Seidel thing was crazy. I mean, it was just like, because the athleticism and him, the way he just kind of quickly popped up, Yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. It was so good. And if you guys recall, we just talked about the package pile driver on the apron in the previous match. Well, it happens again, but with a different sequence here. So Pentagon, again, package pile driver to Nick, which I believe is the same person he did it to before. Then Ricochet does a Canadian Destroyer onto Pentagon. And then uh, Matt... DDTs ricochet onto the apron after leaping over the top rope. So tons of stuff. And then finally, Nick jumps from top rope to the top rope and then somersaults to the outside. We've seen Nick do this amazing balancing act before. Uh-huh. Like a good example would be their ladder match against the Hardys yeah. at Supercard of Honor. One of the craziest things where I've ever seen. He like tips <laughs> off from a ladder to a ladder to the rope to like on, flips onto a table. Right. So this is very reminiscent to that, but instead of just a ladder involved, he does it from rope to rope to a somersault to the outside. Wonderful sequence, just tons of offense from everybody in that whole quick sequence of events. Ricochet is on the ropes, he leaps on uh, into a shooting star press, and it's so beautiful with such balance. Ricochet's one of the best, he's one of your favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> then there's an insane sequence near the end of the match where I literally said, don't even know what to write down, so much action going on, I couldn't even write fast enough, <laughs> there's so much stuff happening. There was a melter driver with a 450 onto the Bucks, so you know, they used their move against them, mm-hmm. I believe that was by Ricochet and Seidel, of course. Then the Lucha Brothers super kick the Bucks. So instead of the Young Bucks being uh, standing over the Lucha Brothers, it's reversed. Lucha Brothers are standing, Bucks are kneeling down, and the Bucks 
are saying Sierra Romero and the Lucha Brothers are saying suck it while standing over the Bucks and they super kick them and then of course Excalibur you get a super kick and you get a kick and you get a kick <laughs> then Ricochet flips over the post uh but then gets package pile drivered by Phoenix uh, then Phoenix does a Mexican destroyer to Ricochet for the pin. And of course, we get another unbelievable from Excalibur. <laughs> so it's important to note that the Lucha Brothers won the tag titles right then, but they did not pin the Young Bucks. They pinned Ricochet. Which sets up a third uh, get-together for these two. Not long after that, in, in between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, that was at the Head Like a Coal show. Yes. May 19th, 2017. And this is the third meeting. And uh, this is the one you didn't like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, a lot of animosity the between beginning. the two teams. That's what Excalibur starts the match off by saying. One commentary. And Lucha Brothers did not pin Young Bucks, like I said, to win in that previous match. Right. And so that's brought up. And, you know, that's one of those key things that, uh, you know, they, it's important <laughs> to note that they didn't get pinned and and so you know we didn't go ahead <laughs> i don't want you to choke to death on the air uh that's all, always one of those things of distinction that you know uh we weren't the team that got pinned and the triple threat kind of thing and in the beginning nick says let's make this match a texas tornado spot match lucha brothers hold belts in young buck's face nick tosses belts away and starts to rain down blows onto the lucha brothers matt do something crazy nick which is another one of my favorite young bucks quotes that they always say uh the match starts faster than the 2016 match which was their first match against each other solo not with ricochet and Seidel, just the first young bucks versus lucha brother match um, much faster than that. Matt moonsaults to the outside. There's the Terminator pose. And of course, the audience is doing the Kenny Omega. Dun, 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 dun. But the Lucha Brothers come in and they disrupt the whole Terminator sequence before it could even happen. Uh, Pentagon, Tope Conhilo onto Bucks. Pentagon pokes Matt into the eyes. Nick with impressive sequence, including walking the ropes and then Hurricane Rana to the Lucha Brothers. Lucha Brothers double throw into each other from the powerbomb position. Phoenix with a double DDT to the Bucks. Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks accidentally execute Canadian Destroyer <laughs> to each other. Yeah. And, you know, so reverse size. Right, right. I, I really like that spot a lot. Super kicks all around in the middle of the ring between all the wrestlers. Super kick party, basically. <laughs> Again, a little nod to the previous two matches where there were really prominent super kick sequences that in the first match decided the whole match. So mm -hmm. I always thought that was weird that the first match ended with super kicks, not with the melter driver. So that's why I feel like they keep calling back to the super kick sequence because it ended that first match. Then Nick almost falls off all over matt saves him there's a suck it versus sierra miro but of course they're each doing their own thing right, instead right. of doing the reverse uh nick german suplex to phoenix on the apron pentagon package pile driver on the nick again same thing pentagon package pile driver nick that happened in like all three <laughs> matches uh, and then matt ddt to pentagon but didn't quite get it so this match is going along well <laughs> yes but at this point this is when you said uh, and I quote. Well, let's let's set it up. There's all sorts of nonsense. You didn't think it was nonsense. I, I don't. But, I, I mean, all this stuff I was saying, you were like saying that it was overly choreographed. So, so this is what you said. I hate this match. I think it is a disgrace compared to the other match. It's overly choreographed. 
I did not think this at it all. It was so so much choreographed nonsense, and I, you know, I'm I'm a big hater on that. I, I'm okay a, a little bit of it, but too much of it's just ridiculous. Hey, one of my favorite matches is Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. Best of Super Juniors. Lots of people criticize that match for having like kind of a choreography but I, to it. But I've said in the past, there's only a part of that match that I hate that I thought was overly choreographed. And, you know, I would say the same thing about this one. That it wasn't like the whole match was terrible. It was just like a five-minute sequence where I, I, I literally wanted to throw up. It was, Whatever. <laughs> You're so it, harsh. It was a disgrace. It was not. It was fine. <laughs> anyway, the Bucks uh, do an indie taker to Phoenix with forced assistance from Pentagon which was really cool. Uh, there's also, like I said, a callback to the end of their last match with the super kick party by the Young Bucks. It's reversed by the Lucha Brothers, and they super kick to death the Young Bucks. And they don't pin them here. So the, what happens after the Lucha Brothers reverse it, and they end up super kicking the Bucks over and over and over again, then they package pile driver Nick uh, for the win, Lucha Brothers retain over the Young Bucks. And at the time I said, you know, I wish it would have ended as a direct symmetry to Mm -hmm. their previous first match with it actually ending with the Lucha Brothers doing a super kick by death to the Bucks and then just pinning them right there. It would have been beautiful symmetry, but because they kind of almost mirrored that in their second match, even though they didn't pin the Bucks in that match, they still mirrored it and kind of had the upper hand because the Bucks were forced out of the ring in that second match. And that's why the Lucha Brothers were able to pin Ricochet. So in a way, they kind of did super kick to death the Bucks in the second match. Right. So that's why they didn't have to end it this way. And I think they ended it a little bit more definitively by doing the package pile driver, by doing more than just super kicks, kind of saying like, well, we're the tag champs now, B. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to curse, but you know what I'm saying. Well, I thought it was a great series of matches and it can only get better with Double or I nothing. hope so. I hope so. I hope it's going to live up to the promise. Well, I hope you're not going to say it's a disgrace. But I'm, I'm telling you, if there's like a five minute sequence of choreographs, I may be the only person in the arena booing. You know what this is, right? I'll be the heel. I know. Go ahead. Get off my lawn! (laughs) Insert audio clip because I found a great get off my lawn, uh, you know, thing from Gran Torino. Yep. Your boy. Get off my lawn. So I'm going to put it right here. Get off my lawn. Yeah, see, that's better anyways. Yeah. I I think of myself more like a Clint Eastwood than a high-pitched old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Get off my lawn. That's a little less high-pitched. But but. another great uh, PWG Rewind, and again, hopefully this match lives up to uh, those matches, minus the choreography. (laughs) Whenever we can go back and watch PWG, I really love it, and I think it's going to play a big part in Double or Nothing. So if you guys are not familiar with the matches, try to find them. You got time. (laughs) Yeah, go look for them, because they're awesome, and I think it will add to your enjoyment for their double or nothing match. I think so. But now it's time to close out the show and send them home. And we're going to talk about Starcast now Yay! and uh, some things we are looking forward to. Uh, first and foremost, I guess we got to mention it again that we are going to be a part of the Wrestling Inc. stage Friday afternoon, 2.30, the Wrestling Inc. Hootenanny. At the Tuscany, yes. yes. I can't wait. I don't really know what we're going to say on stage, but we'll wing it. Yeah. I think we're good at that, so yeah, uh, we'll I, see. I, I, I'm the king of that. I'm so. hoping to talk a little bit about the Bucks and like their best matches because they have such a big part in uh, AEW and kind of ev- ev- the evolution of the wrestling business and the revolution, really. I think they're a huge part of all of that, and it'd be great to talk on that since we have the research from our previous special. But we'll see. If they just want to talk about fun stuff, that's fine, too. <laughs> now, now, again, we're not getting there till Friday, so there's a couple things we're going to miss. 
the Joey Ryan and the uh, Kenny Omega movies. By the way, I heard that the Joey Ryan documentary is amazing. Candice LeRae just tweeted about it. She goes, I can't wait for people to see this. This is the real Joey. He is so much more than a move. So I retweeted that. Tons of people liked it. Uh, she's amazing. He's amazing. Of course, they worked <laughs> together for a long time. I know you don't like jo- Joey Ryan, but I can't well, wait to see you see this. I don't like the, the, the gimmick. The move, I know. I think he's actually a good wrestler. I can't wait for yeah. you to see this because maybe you'll see him in a different light. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. So I'm we'll sure. see. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to make the screen. We've got to find another way to watch it. Well, that, and the Kenny Omega movie. Yeah, we soon can... we've got to watch these movies. Yes. Uh, but some things we are uh, looking forward to. We'll uh, start with Friday. Uh, the press conference and the weigh-in ought to be uh, interesting. We remember All In's weigh-in last year. That's one of my favorite parts because just the Nick Aldis and Cody stare down. I, I guess there's going to be some kind of Cody and, and and Dustin stare down. And maybe Kenny Omega and Jericho stare down. Maybe. Which is going to be the more prominent stare down. Yeah. Kenny o- and Jericho, I think. You think so? Just I think that's the history. main event technically. Yeah. So. No, and that should be some good stuff. and. Hopefully Jericho will get on the mic there because obviously he's so good. And he's great. He'll call, he'll call Omega stupid idiot. And yeah. <laughs> the Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana, my boy. Yeah. Can't wait. He's on the wall behind me over here. Yep. I can't even point over there. Yep. You over, can point over, to it. Over my shoulder. If you're watching there on YouTube, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see him. I love him so much. Uh, uh, the Extreme Rivalry panel discussion, uh, Jerry Lynn and RVD. Uh, should be good. That's one of my favorite matches. Like, they've had more than one match together, but I love RVD. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. In fact, when I first got into wrestling, like, a couple years ago, RVD was one of my main favorites. Like, I didn't even discover Kurt Angle yet at that point. I was kind of really into RVD. That was my my first, first favorite. Now, the panel discussion you're most looking forward to, and we're probably only going to see two-thirds of it at the most because we yeah, got to get the to time. the airport on Sunday. It but... was earlier, but on Sunday... 1230, uh, Crazy Like a Fox. Remembering Brian Pillman. I love Brian Pillman, one of my favorite wrestlers, rest in peace. Uh, Of course, the author of one of my favorite books, which is called Crazy Like a Fox, just like the panel. Liam O'Rourke's going to be there on stage as a part of the panel. Brian Pillman Jr. is supposed to be there. Just, I can't wait to remember a legend. Somebody who's not talked about enough today. I wouldn't mind seeing the Monday Night uh, War stories, but you brought up a good point of, you know, many of these stories we probably have heard. So hopefully it's not just a repeat. Maybe there'll be some sort of fresh uh, story in there. I know you were kind of interested maybe in Sharpshooter, Bret Hart in his own words. Unfortunately, we're going to miss remembering Owen Hart, which I I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that was one of the things on the StarCast list that I would have most wanted to see. But it's important to note that if you're not going to be there, you can rent these on Fight TV. Mm -hmm. So people can even rent our panel. Mm-hmm. For Wrestling Inc. Yep. That'd be really awesome if you guys check that out. Uh, another thing is, that you're not interested in it. You even said you might go gamble. <laughs> Ready to rumble. Watch along with David Arquette. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I will definitely. I be, haven't seen that movie in 20 years. I will definitely be at the blackjack table while you're you're watching that. Whatever. <laughs> We're also going to miss, unfortunately, Kazarian GM session. I love Kaz, so yep, that'll be a bummer. I do, too, but we will see him in action uh, as a part of SCU. And it's yep. going to be a fun weekend in Las Vegas. Again, uh, we've been talking about AEW, AEW, AEW. When when are we finally going to see some action? Well, this weekend we're going to see some action. Yep. It would have been cool if it was in Chicago. It's okay it's in Vegas. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) I love Chicago, though. (laughs) I love Chicago, but I also love Las Vegas. I think I like Chicago more. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you do. I do. (laughs) Anyway, it'll still be fun. And if you guys are going to be at StarCast or at Double or Nothing, let us know. Maybe say hi to us if you see us walking around. We'd love to say hello. We'll have some stickers uh, that we had from StarCast last year. So come see us. We'll give you... 
a sticker and you can represent uh, Two-Face Wrestling Talk. Yep. Also tweet at us what you think about the events, what you think about Double or Nothing itself. We would love to hear your opinions. Again, at Two-Facepod, T-W-O-F-A-C-E-D-P-O-D, or my personal Twitter at SuperKickingIt, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. But that's all we have for today. Uh, there'll be much more. Stay tuned to our Twitter. We're going to be doing live videos. We're also going to be doing like uh, filmed interviews, we hope, with wrestlers right. and personalities and people behind the scenes. I'm really, really looking forward to everything. Me too. Hopefully we'll be loading up on the content. Make sure right after Double or Nothing, you go on to our Twitter. We will have a spare change uh, recap of what jumped out to us in Sin City. Maybe even from the arena as people are filing out, exactly. which people love when, when they could see like the ring behind yep. us and we're giving our initial literal Yep. Like post match reactions right after it ends, post show reactions. Yep. I, I, it's one of my favorite things we do. It, me too. And it'll be fun to yeah. see and uh, can't wait to get out there. Yep. Until next time, we thank you guys for spending your valuable time with us. It means so much. Uh, that's it for us, though. That's the finish. Bye.